Hello, my name is Tia, and this is my journey on how I learned to bloom. Thanks for joining me. Hello, everybody. Okay, so I'm really excited about this episode because my husband is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking about how we met. So, hi, honey. Hi. Okay, um, so we're going to talk about how we met, and then also I'm going to grill you on what it was like to join my family. Sounds good. So, how did we meet, babe? We met on Tinder. On Tinder. The way all love stories start. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think we were definitely both like, we were kind of two people that didn't like fully believe that Tinder would work. Yeah. 100%. We were just like, uh, give this a shot, see what happens. Yeah. And, but yeah, that's definitely not how it turned out. Yeah, it's really weird because, okay, so... I have a quite a few friends who also found their partners on Tinder. But with that being said, I always sort of thought that they were the exception. Yeah. Like I, I didn't know any Tinder success stories okay. personally. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah, no, I definitely did not think that I would have a Tinder success story by any means. How long were you on Tinder for? I don't remember. I, but I think it was like less than a year. Okay. But several months several months yeah okay. i'm so bad with time i have no like frame of reference really i know anytime i ask him when something happened in his life he's like i have literally no idea and i'm like how could you possibly have literally no idea was it five years ago was it 15 years ago he's like yeah i have no idea <laughs> like how <laughs> how is that possible i was either a teenager or an adult ah i don't know <laughs> uh, yeah I, have to, I feel like once i grill you a little bit though you can figure it out like i'm like okay but were you graduated were you in school and then once you really think about it you're like okay yeah no i had graduated yeah it does take a bit of digging but yeah so obviously i mean i had been on tinder on and off for years because technically i was single for quite a long time like even though i was dating a bit I was single for like, I don't know, it's hard to say because I guess I had a few semi-serious relationships before I met you, but I don't know, nothing crazy. But yeah, no, I definitely did not expect that. Um, okay, so who sent the first message? I sent the first message. When you meet the person that, that turns into the love of your life, there's no reason to think you would have any idea, but it's just funny how it, it almost seemed fluky. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was like, I remember your profile had nothing much to go on. Yeah, I was like, okay, here's a cute girl. I'll send her a message and then see <laughs> what happens. Yeah, and the vibe you had on your profile was very like... Standoffish. Standoffish. I had a whole different mindset going into it than what I found once I started talking to you. I was very surprised. Yeah. You're wearing like leather jackets and stuff. And I was like, oh, <laughs> look at this girl. And I started talking. You're like, yeah, I like to knit mostly and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed early and I knit. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so Tia's profile, it only had one line. <laughs> I don't remember. And it just said, don't come at me with that just trying to fuck shit. <laughs> so that doesn't sit, like come across as standoff, which I don't know what does. I just keep thinking about your poor mother listening to this. I know. And that's what I think too. But also I'm like, well, am, am I going to tell the story? Am I not? Like, uh, totally. That's what happens. So Totally. I mean, you've told like... Hey, she knows how I am. She yeah. knows. And you've talked... <laughs> You've talked about how this, like, I know how you are in this podcast. It's very open. So I'm like, yeah. might as well be open. Totally. Um, so yeah, you, that was your only, that was the only thing I had to go off of. And so I was like, okay, I won't come at you with that kind of thing because that's not who I am. But yeah. also like, that's not what you're going to pick up. Yeah. So I responded, uh, how about I come at you with that? Just trying to take you on a nice date. And then maybe if things are going well, make a move on the third date. <laughs> Oh, and get you home by a reasonable time. I also slipped that in there somewhere. Aww. And you were like, hello. Yeah. Where have you been? Yeah. Just a sweet, just a sweet man. <laughs> yeah. I was actually surprised that worked. Really? I was like, oh, yeah, again, because I like, I didn't have much to, much to use. And I was like, all right, this is all I got. Totally. This is my Hail Mary. This is my one shot. And, so and you didn't think that that would land well? I thought maybe it would like, I don't know. I didn't really know what to think, to be honest. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean... You're just used to, like, your, my opening lines, like, as a, online dating as a guy, like, you try, but then, like, so many of your, like, best lines just get either shot down or, like, 
they just don't find them funny. Yeah. Or they just don't work. Yeah. And so you just, every time you like try a new thing. One time there was a profile I came across and I was like, oh, she works out. So I just, my opening line was, what's your max bench press? <laughs> and I'm like, let's see if this works. You know, you just try something new every time. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go with the clever-ish, but sweet vibe. Yeah. And it landed, which was awesome. Because yeah, so talking to Tia, I was like, okay, she's very sweet. Yeah, I think it was like a little while of chatting, maybe a couple days or or more than a week before you told me that you had kids already. And I remember being like surprised, but I had already told myself I was going to be open to that idea anyway. Right. I was like, well, why, why cross things off the list if I don't know? I wasn't really even sure what I was looking for, I think, or who I was looking for. Right. So I thought like, well, why would I? I'm not going to discriminate against a single mother because that doesn't, I don't know. I knew I wanted kids and I wasn't opposed to, like, I liked kids. So I was like, okay, that's, that'll be fine. So yeah, I found out you were a mother, you like to knit. Um, and then, yeah, and then when I met you, I was like, oh, you're way smaller than I thought you would be. You were just this <laughs> short little cutie blonde girl. I was like, oh my goodness. Our first date was at a mini golf place. And I just remember she, we parked pretty much right beside each other. Yeah. And I saw you get out of the car. And I was, yeah, I was, I was very surprised. I was like, oh, and you came and you gave me this big warm hug right away. And just this very joyful smile. Yeah. And I was like, I think, yeah, you, you had me right away. I Did was I? like, I was so like, aw, <laughs> like, aw. I mean, my, uh, my mom will tell you that, that was <laughs> when I came home from that date. That was the best date I'd had yeah in in that time of going on tinder dates yeah it was just so easy yeah it really was. it was like comfortable and you were just sweet and you thought i was funny but you weren't trying you weren't like oh you're so funny no you were just like genuinely interested in me i could tell and and i was like yeah very drawn in by that Aww. but of course me i was very i'm i'm a very like uh what's the word for it I'm, I can be hard to read. Oh my gosh, yeah. You are and hard so, to read. so, yeah, at the end of the date, what were you thinking? Oh, I mean, it's not like I was under the impression that you were uninterested per se. I just wasn't sure how interested you were. Like, I could not tell. Because um, I figured, okay, well, it, even if he's not interested, he's not the kind of guy that's going to be rude to me. Or be like, yeah, no, fuck you. Either way, you're going to be the kind of guy that's like, hey, I admire you as a person. However, with that being said, I'm not interested. Right. Like I already knew you were a good guy. And so it was not obvious to me that you were that interested at all. You played it very cool. So you, yeah, you didn't think, you weren't sure if I was going to like want a second date. But no. would you have pushed for a second? Like, would you have gone out on a limb? Oh, yeah. Asked to see me again if I oh, had absolutely. Like forward? Oh, absolutely. I would have. Okay. Hmm. Yes. I don't really remember how it ended i mean i think your memory with those sorts of things is better than mine i remember we got back to the car you you kind of had like a deadline you had to be you you knew you had to be home by a certain time right and so we kind of had to cut our conversation short and because we were planning on going for sushi after but then we it took too long and i had to be home by 10 yeah we chatted a bit after mini golf and i got to have like a better sense of you and then and then you had to go but yeah i knew i wanted to keep talking yeah, and I, so we got back to our cars, and I was just like, I got to ask this girl if I can kiss her. Like, I just have to because she's adorable, and I want to see her again. But you beat me to it because I was looking at you. I was thinking all of this, but I just said, I was like, yeah, I, I really like you. Or I think I really like you. I don't know, you know, yeah. one of those. And then you said, well, why don't you kiss me? <laughs> and I was like, absolutely. <laughs> Aww. I love that you couldn't remember that so specifically. It's nice mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously I'm not so good at that. And then when I watch you retell that story, it just makes my heart so warm. Mm. I love it. Yeah. And the, yeah, there was a very like... I remember the kiss being... Right, instant chemistry. Yeah, the kiss was I remember the you, best. when you stepped back, you were like, you said, wow. Did I say wow? <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like beaming inside. I'm like, oh. And then outwardly, I'm just like nice <laughs> yeah you played it cool you were um, cool as cucumber and i must have said like i must have said at that point yeah i'd like to see you again and then you said yeah me too and i'm sure we figured it out yeah we we talked details after that i think i remember more specific details from our second date which i think was the next weekend and we did dinner and then uh it was like um gaming like a, a gaming game, cafe, cafe or whatever you call it yeah 
yeah my memory of us dating to being in a relationship mm -hmm. was going on two dates yes and then being in a relationship oh absolutely because you know like being a single parent you mm -hmm. going out was not as easy right and so by the time that you had felt comfortable to like have me like just like come over and watch tv mm -hmm. it was like okay i'm just gonna stay here very often now <laughs> totally at least that's how i remember it i'm sure there was a period where i wasn't there as often but yeah we had our second date we had, it was very nice um it was pretty much like a repeat of date one but with more learning about each other it was just like yeah it was just as good great conversation only only up it was just like yeah. yes i do like her and i'm liking her more the more i spend with her i'm definitely going to keep seeing her yeah the second date was more intimate yeah yeah um <laughs> Remember the second date when I had a tattoo peeking out? Yeah. And you, what did you say? You I think I just said like, oh, you have tattoos? Or maybe I had said like, is that your only tattoo? I honestly <laughs> don't remember. I, but I clearly asked something about it because yeah. that's what you do when you see tattoos. Yeah. I didn't ask what it meant though because that's not my thing. Right. <laughs> no, that's not your thing. But yeah, I remember you saying that you weren't a big fan of tattoos. And I was like, well, I've got 13 of them. So... Yeah. You better get fucking used to it. And you were telling me later, you're like, oh, it's all over. He doesn't like tattoos. It's done. I mean, yeah, I did have a moment of like, oh gosh, is that a deal breaker? Which, now that I think about it, that sounds ridiculous. You had already told me you had two kids and that wasn't a deal breaker. I don't think tattoos would be the thing. Yeah, but, you know, I that think... That has nothing to do with lifestyle. It's just... No, like, I do agree with you. But I mean, at the time, I didn't know you that well. And considering your background and growing up, I didn't know how conservative you were. Not to say that you were conservative. I didn't know exactly. And although I got a sense of you and I knew that you were a good person, I didn't know exactly. I don't know. Like your impression was that, or maybe I gave the impression that it was like a hard no. Like yeah. it was like a thing that like I disliked. Yes. It was more just that I didn't really have any interest. Yes. Like I don't find tattoos on other people very interesting. Like I don't find myself looking at them and right. trying to figure out what it is. I just go, oh, that's a tattoo. Right. And then I didn't have any myself. So yeah, it was like, it wasn't a dislike. It was just like, I just don't think about them. Yeah, fair so enough. I'm like, eh, yeah, just not my thing. Okay, you know what? Really what it was, was the fact that you are hard to read and you don't give too much away. So yeah, probably me feeling like I wasn't getting much from you in regard to that topic was me assuming that it was like, ooh, yeah. in your opinion. So yeah. no, that second date was wonderful. And then, well, remember we had a third date planned or... No, nope. the third date was going to be that you were going to come over. Then you had called me to say that you weren't exactly sure because you were also dating somebody else. Yeah, well, I was to to be clear, I wasn't I wasn't dating somebody else, but I had seen somebody else more than once. Well, okay, but, but I think it was twice. Technically speaking, times. you were dating because you were going out on dates with them. No, right. you were not in uh, ex what do you call that? Exclusive, exclusive relationship. Yeah. But you were dating her. Yeah. seen. I had seen other somebody else with no, like, commitment of, I'm only seeing you, though. That was the only thing. But... I, yeah, to date multiple people is not a big deal. Right. You still call that dating? Yes. For me? Okay. You know, it's funny because, you know, you're such a sweetheart and you didn't have a lot of experience, but then all of a sudden, all at once, you were dating around quite a bit and it was new for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, sweetie, that was called dating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you you had invited me over, and then I was like, "Oh, this seems like this could potentially take another step here because yeah. there was a lot of chemistry, and it was like I could feel your interest." And so I was like, "Okay, this feels like more than just we're going mini golfing again." Right? Oh, you're inviting me over, and so I had to say like, "Well, I do, I am interested in this other person." Right. And at this point, I feel like I'm just I gotta let you know because you know, you're clearly intent on like pursuing this further. And like, mm -hmm. I was too, but I, I just, I don't know. I felt like I had to be honest. Um, I, I talked to other people about it and I think not everybody agreed that I had to like. No, no, you are a unicorn. You will always be my unicorn because I obviously had a ton of dating experience and overall relationship experience. And I had never met someone as kind and open and considerate and i don't know a single other man who would have been like okay 
I think when I go to her house, it's going to head in this certain direction. She clearly wants to jump my bones. However, with that being said, I am technically dating someone else, and I think it's a respectful thing to let her know this. Like, what? I remember you doing that and me being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, no other man would have done that. So, yeah, babe, that was... Uh, if you think I didn't want to jump your bones beforehand, I certainly did after that. Well. <laughs> but I guess long story short, I ended up like not talking myself out of going. Well, you called me and we chatted and, you know, we you sort of were like, okay, well, I don't really know exactly what direction I'm heading in yet. And I just want to be respectful to both parties. I think I had basically, I had said, okay, it seems like this could move fast. Mm-hmm. And you, then you reassuring me like it does. It has to. It's it's whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. you don't. We don't have to do anything. Yeah. You can also just hang out and then not go any further. And right. I was like, you're right. <laughs> I do have that option. Yes. So I was like, but I want to see you. So like, obviously I'll go. Like yeah. You know, I was just getting cold feet. I guess I was all nervous and yeah. You and, sweetie. But you you reassured me and so yeah, and so it was pretty quick though. From the second date to, to, to come yeah, over. I, honestly, I think it was like that same week or something, wasn't it? I think it was that same weekend. I want to say that we went out either a Friday or a Saturday night and then you came over a Sunday night. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Something like that. We watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Which we haven't watched since, actually. That's it's it's like one of my favorite shows and you just I couldn't get you into it. I know this sounds weird considering all the stupid shows I like, but it's just too stupid. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I love The Office. I love Step Brothers. They're stupid. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is just a different level of stupid that I don't like. Yeah. To each their own. I mean, there's a big enough list of shows that we could watch and haven't. So. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to make you watch however many seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine are out. Thank you. I've already seen enough that I can just have that in my heart and... Yeah. Just have that in your heart. Keep that to myself. Thank you. Okay. And then remember when you were at my place and, I don't know, you had been over for a couple hours or whatever and we had spent more time together and then you said... Do you remember exactly? I don't remember what I said. You don't remember? I remember this. I mean, I'm not one to quote exactly word for word because that's not my strength, but I just basically remember you saying, okay, yeah, you know what? Um, I am more into you and I'm going to end things with the other person that I'm seeing if you're interested in making this exclusive. And I said, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, it didn't like feel as like formal to me. I think I just said like, I only want to see you. For some reason, you think that wasn't formal? It was. Well, I don't know. For some reason, saying like I want to go exclusive is like so. Well, maybe you didn't. Use will you be exact... my main gal? <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to be my girlfriend? Well, I don't remember the exact words you used. Maybe you just said I only want to see you. But either way, it had the same intent. You're right. No, you're right. I don't know. It's like it. Yeah, it's splitting hairs at that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did. I did voice my intent that I wanted to be exclusive with you, and it it was half me wanting to only see you and half being like so jealous of do not see anybody else yeah please only see me yeah i was like so yeah i was so into you from like at that point already i was just kind of like okay i can't handle us dating other people so like let's just not (laughs) oh babe but yeah you knew i wasn't seeing anybody else though no I, I did know. I just wanted to make... I was just like, okay, don't, though. Like, yeah. Gosh, I pretty much... Didn't I delete Tinder that night, though? Like, I think so. I was very... Yeah. I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what? Well, we didn't finish Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, we got a little more serious. <laughs> <laughs> and then COVID hit. And And then I just stayed there for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really remember. Did you just basically start staying with me because it was like, oh, isolation and you didn't want to be going back and forth? I, at first it was just, I would like come over for the weekend, but I wouldn't, I I hadn't stayed the night for, I don't know, a couple weeks, I think at least. I would just come over and spend like most of the weekend with you guys Maybe even weeknights, too. Like, I don't know. I just remember, like, just popping down often. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, and then once I had spent the night, that happened pretty much, like, every weekend after that. Of like, well, I might as well just spend the weekends here. Right. And that was, like, 
I don't know, felt easier to do almost like because you you had kids because they took to me and mm-hmm. and me to them and so it was there was like lots of interaction to be had just to, to spend a whole evening like to, or sorry a whole weekend with this with this family mm-hmm. was just it felt like I couldn't just do evenings especially evenings the kids would be in bed mm-hmm. it was good to have our alone time too yeah so I was just spending a lot of time with you and with the kids as well mm-hmm. and really enjoying it and feeling at home at your place yeah and so I was already feeling at home when COVID was getting publicity and it's you know because I, I remember going to work and we would talk about like I was at work when there was the toilet paper shortage right. but at that time there was no mask mandate it was just this like virus that we were like, oh yeah, like I get it, it might be coming over here too. Right. Like it was kind of all up in the air. Like we were just going to work as normal, but we were all aware that like something was getting worse. Like things were changing. Yeah. Because we're like, where's all this toilet paper going? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Then I had been spending enough time there that when 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 it came to uh, to like the um, isolation mm-hmm. recommendation, I don't think it was. I don't remember when things got like very official and like you have know. to isolate for two weeks, whatever. I just remember them saying like, hey, you should all, you know, stay in your family unit mm-hmm. before you go mingle with other people again. Like it wasn't at the point yet of like, don't see anybody. It was like, just isolate now. Right. And then if you're good, then you can go hang out with people. Yeah, but at some point, didn't the entire, okay, well, I shouldn't say the entire world, but didn't all of the country shut down for like three weeks or something i don't know but i just remember us having a conversation of okay we need to isolate like or we should mm-hmm. and i had i was living with my parents and mm-hmm. you were with the kids and i was like well i don't want to be apart from you for two weeks mm-hmm. even though like technically we should because at the time my family unit was my parents right and so it was like well the safe thing to do was stay there for two weeks but i was like i can't (laughs) i had seen you so much and i was just like i'm like i could not go two weeks without seeing you again so i think and you were so involved with the kids like it was evident to me that you were so interested in the family like you wanted to be our family yeah you weren't just yeah it was so evident you you weren't just there to spend time with me like you know when you were describing spending the weekends and yeah you you wanted to spend the weekends because you wanted us all to spend time together gosh you were so involved right away like you did bedtimes and yeah stories so was the first thing i i jumped in on yeah yeah that was fun yeah i still remember the first book i read what book was it it was the uh, pink pumpkin oh where is the pink pumpkin i think it might have been a library book oh i remember when we first started reading books you had that little like sticker card or something of Hmm. There was some kind of library tie of like, if you read this many books, I don't know. I don't remember. Some kind of little incentive. So then we had been living together for some time, which took some adjusting. Yes. So what I want to incorporate into this is not just the story, but how was that for you? Obviously, we've talked about it over the years now, but tell me honestly, how was that for you? What was going through your mind? What were you thinking? thinking was it challenging because i yeah you you entered into that transition so effortlessly but obviously there must have been some conflict in your mind i'd imagine the first thing that came that i noticed was i was so used to spending so much time by myself mm-hmm. that that's always how i'd been but as like a, a young adult even more so mm-hmm. because i had more choice to be alone so i was like yeah, I had so much time by myself. And so I knew I knew how to occupy myself when it was just me. And then when I would spend the weekends and there like wasn't anything going on with you and the kids, I found it hard to be doing nothing in that way. Right. I was I remember feeling like very uh, just like kind of out of sorts. I was like, "Okay, I know what I would be doing if we if I had nothing planned if I was by myself." Mm-hmm. But if you hadn't planned on doing anything i'm like i don't really know what to do because i feel i I don't know i felt like weird not just spending time with you guys in the same room like i obviously could have gone off and just read a book or something Mm -hmm. but for some reason that felt strange to me because 
now I was with people. Before I could just do, I was always by myself, so anything I did was fine. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the adjustment, was like a new kind of board. There's no plans. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just sit uh, in this chair and watch the kids play or look out the window or I don't know. Yeah, I, I just remember like feeling like I needed to do something but not knowing what to do. Interesting. Because I was in a new place and new places make me made me anxious, I guess, at the time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember making you your coffee with your creamer. Hmm. I know, like the same mug, the huge mugs. Mm-hmm. You're like, give me the biggest coffee that thing can make, the Keurig. And I was like, I think at the time, at the time I had started drinking coffee again, but I was drinking it black. Right. And then I had tasted the creamer that you put in it, and I was like, oh, this is delicious. <laughs> so I started joining you in that. Oh, those were such nice mornings, weren't yeah, they? I did enjoy that. I really liked the place where we'd sit on the couch by that window and yeah. you could see the plants outside and it was just like a very nice view very yeah. sunny in that place like big windows i yeah. like that me too me too um okay do you want to talk about the challenges associated with all of a sudden being kind of like an instant dad i mean i have talked previously in other episodes about how the <laughs> sperm donor to the first two children has always been and is not very present mm-hmm. and currently not present at all yeah which i mean whatever the specifics of that doesn't really matter but even at the time they were not very present and so yeah you sort of fell into that like instant dad role considering they didn't have that so mm. do you want to talk about the challenges associated with that and any certain ways that you felt or sure yeah at first i think pretty quickly i i had asked in some way what you expected of me in terms of co-parenting if at all what did i say i remember you saying like that you could use any help you could get because a single parent of two children with the older being challenging in very specific ways very like Mm -hmm. i i felt like i wanted to help Mm -hmm. and so having you sort of give me permission to you know, be less like this fun friend, mm-hmm. fun mom's friend mm-hmm. into like, yeah, helping out in, in more like fatherly ways. Mm-hmm. Um, me being like, okay with that because I was like, okay, yeah, like I want to be in these, um, this family's life. And so being a dad is part of that. And if you want a co-parent, mm-hmm. then that's what I'll be. Um, but I get, I don't think I realized the like challenges that would face right away going from no kids to two kids especially at already at a certain age you Mm -hmm. know like going from a baby up there's a learning curve that you pick things up as you go Mm -hmm. whereas like i was just jumping in it was like i don't think i realized what i was up against or like what it would look like Mm -hmm. um what i also didn't expect was the transition of perception of the oldest child to towards me yes because at first there's this there's there's fun mom's friend mm-hmm. he's awesome mm-hmm. i love him mm-hmm. he's goofy he plays with me that's great and then them seeing me as a father figure yeah. and liking that idea and yeah. and experimenting with like calling me daddy or dad and looking up to me in that way and then there was kind of a switch where they realized like oh but he's actually acting like a dad yeah it, it was like first it was a fun idea mm-hmm. and now it was like mm, okay she already had a father figure in her life that to to her was like bigger than his actual presence mm-hmm. he also was this idea mm-hmm. i think for her of like this this man is very important because he's my father even though she didn't see him often it was like so that's what she knew of a father that's what she, she knew of she a knew no different she she did not know of a father to be disciplinary or right. enforce any type of rule because any interaction with them them <laughs> um was you know 
fun and games because yeah it's easy to do fun and games when you don't see your child <laughs> yeah very often yeah it's so like she, a fun uncle really exactly you know? she so she had she was missing a, a like father presence like a more consistent presence mm-hmm. so she was looking to me for that while also holding this idea of already having a father and so there was a bit of a crossover where she kind of switched and saw me as kind of a threat in a way because her attitude changed when she realized that I was now enforcing rules and behaviors and you know things that like if if Tia didn't have the time or energy to like address every single thing going on in that day I was now there to like help out with that Mm -hmm. and so now there was a more more consistency Mm -hmm. and there was a bit of backlash a bit there was backlash in terms of attitude towards both of us but honestly I think initially unfortunately she didn't um inflict that on me it was it was because of of my presence that she was having issues but she turned it just more back to you there was a lot of yeah um like exploring uh rude language mm-hmm. and kicking mm-hmm. and just all sorts of like meltdowns and 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 that was really hard to to be around and not feel like I had any of the tools to deal with that. Yeah. Cuz I didn't expect it and I had no experience with it. Yeah. And also feeling kind of like a hurt I guess that it had this situation kind of had gotten turned on me like i i was like yeah i get to be this fun dad yeah Uh, and then suddenly it was like you know and and i hadn't met their father like for the first while like he had been avoiding me like he did not want to meet me even though i was spending a lot of time with his kids he had no interest yeah even though i had said hey you should meet this person that's you know spending time with technically your children but uh yeah, he did not want to. So there was also that initial gap of like, well, I hadn't even interacted with him too. Mm-hmm. So it was like, at that point I had met him and then she was more kind of actively rejecting my like parenting as well. Mm-hmm. If I had told her to do anything, she would turn around and just go find you. Yeah. And that was really hard too because I'm like, man, I'm, I'm here to help and anything, I, any input is just putting more work back to you and more pressure on you again and so that that phase was definitely difficult so it's interesting because yeah just the way that you worded that kind of makes me think like okay yeah you probably were feeling a lot of pressure of like oh i'm here to help but i don't really feel like i'm helping i'm creating conflict so that must have been really hard for you i don't know if we've ever really talked about that specifically yeah it i think it was actually kind of lucky that at that point I wasn't quite as like jealous as I am today right. of these children. Obviously, I loved them, but I hadn't been with them as long as I have now. And mm-hmm. so at the time, I was kind of like, ah, oh, this, this kind of sucks. But she does have this other dad that she looks to. So like, of course, she's not going to accept, accept me 100%. It makes sense, yeah. And honestly, in retrospect, when I think about how quick of a process that would have been for her and you know, all of a sudden there's this new person in her life who's acting like a parent and that wasn't her choice. I feel silly. And I think that, yeah, that probably wasn't what was best for her. I mean, obviously having you as her father is what was best for her. I just mean, I went about it too quickly because I was so caught up in my own feelings. And looking back now, I can say that. I can say, yeah, you know what? I didn't go about that the right way. I didn't go about that in the way that a perfect parent should have. Um, But at the same time, where we are now is great. Mm -hmm. And you are her dad. And you were going to be her dad regardless. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it was unavoidable maybe there would have been a level of backlash and resentment regardless of how quick it would have gone but i can definitely see how she would have felt pissed off with me so Mm. and i was i was her place of comfort so of course she took it out on me you know yeah it makes sense yeah yeah that's a hard one to think back to because yeah we yeah we feel like our me being being her dad was inevitable Mm -hmm. we even had that feeling like we knew very early like just how strong 
of a connection we had Mm -hmm. and that we like we really weren't doubting doubting that so it makes sense that we were like okay well this like if you're gonna be around here Mm -hmm. this is what you're gonna be but yeah i remember quite a bit later looking into like how integrating as a step parent Mm -hmm. like how can you go about this and kind of too late (laughs) reading about like sort of recommendations on how you can ease your way in Mm -hmm. and that yeah basically the way i came into it more difficult than it had to be yeah i went from friend to father in the blink of an eye in the blink of an eye Mm -hmm. and also being an inexperienced parent not only transitioning to a parent too fast but in my opinion not being a good dad right away either Mm. and so i feel i still have some guilt for that of like you know just wishing it could have been better yeah but you know trying to use that and as as perspective to how we've all grown since then and continuing Mm -hmm. to grow and just trying to yeah just leave it leave it in the past where it is and and building just building on positivity now and Mm -hmm. working on things so yeah absolutely i can say with like absolute confidence that i'm a a better father now than i was then oh absolutely so i'm like well you know at least everything's moving in the right direction. Yes. We've all made mistakes in every, you know, you could pick an area of your life and you could find a mistake. So unfortunately, the stakes are high and, you yep. know, children will carry things with them for the rest of their lives. And you might not even know exactly what they brought with them until they're 35 and they're like, you know what? When I was six, this really pissed me off. And you were like, oh, <laughs> sorry. I didn't actually realize that was going to come up, you know? So who knows? But um, yeah. yeah, we're doing our best now. And I feel happy about where we are. Do you remember at what point we decided to get married? Because we decided, okay, yes, we are each other's person long before we officially got engaged. And in fact, I want to say I had half the wedding plans before we officially got engaged. Yeah. So, do you remember? We to- Yeah, I think we told my parents that we were getting married before we got engaged, too. Oh, yeah, we definitely did. Um, I, again, my timeline is blurry. Mm-hmm. But I remember a couple things. I remember telling you, I had it in my head that a person shouldn't propose before a year. <laughs> oh, my God, I was so annoyed with you about that. <laughs> yeah. Because here's the thing. Very like, fashioned me. Ugh, <laughs> like, got like it. you have to see a person through every season and every holiday. And it just it okay. just feels like. But also, you know what? That year was, I was imagining that was a year in like a standard relationship of like you meet a person and you're just two people before you get married, before you have kids. Right. The fact that is like the way time went by in our relationship with having kids and just this seriousness of it all and how quick it moved. Six months felt like a year. Mm-hmm. I remember telling like, uh, it maybe had only been like two or three months when I had said like, I'm, I'm like, don't be bothering me about a ring unless it's been a year. And then, and then me, like, I think it was like six months around then where I was kind of like, I will not, be waiting a year like that sounds like an age <laughs> i'm like what well what are we doing in the meantime i i was so confident that i wanted to marry you that i'm like well then the engagement is kind of waiting on that is irrelevant if we're going to be effectively married we're gonna we're living together and we're co-parenting parenting together and i'm in love with this person and i'm committed to this family it was like a year means like it's completely arbitrary and a waste of time frankly also, okay, two things. First of all, the other thing was, I think the fact that there was COVID and we moved in very quickly because of COVID and the fact that, yeah, we had to isolate and stay within one household. That really progressed our relationship. Um, and then the other thing is that we decided that we would have a child together and we didn't want the gap between the second and third to be huge right um but no honey like it was five months when you proposed to me so it it? must have been like we must have talked about getting married after three we must have because i I think there was a month there where we were like okay yeah we are getting married like this is it and then kind of processing that and then the next month of telling people 
planning the wedding and then the ring came in and you officially proposed to me yeah so <laughs> yeah i mean we had a, we had like so many serious talks early on because mm-hmm. yeah again just the situation mm-hmm. living together co-parenting everything was very much on the table yeah i mean i think a lot of that too was me gosh i had been through hell and back really when yeah. it came to obviously the biological father and also just various dating situations like i was very sure of what i wanted exactly Mm -hmm. because i had been through so many different experiences and i wasn't willing to waste my time unless it fit exactly what i wanted and needed yeah so yeah i sort of was like okay listen here bud yeah you're gonna tell me everything because (laughs) i don't got time to waste (laughs) yeah that's true no yeah and you were so receptive like you were just as comfortable with me and you were always on the same page as me yeah like it was just i don't know i definitely did not believe in soulmates before i met you but i can confidently say i do now Mm -hmm. because you're right you it was everything it was perfect it was it still is and it it, somehow it's more and more perfect as every day pass i didn't expect that the only thing that wasn't perfect was that you had to live with a boy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't love that but (laughs) that was like probably the biggest source of friction and conflict in our relationship and like honestly periodically as like and ongoing you know like that was such a long transition of of coexisting with somebody especially like you had been living even though you had been in relationships you had been living by yourself most of it like yeah i had been really cohabitate was that the word? Yeah, cohabitate, yeah. No, I hadn't lived with somebody. Okay, when you and I, when you moved in with me, I hadn't lived with somebody in, hmm, five years. Mm-hmm. And then even when I did live with the biological father, that was very, like, really, it was quite brief because mm-hmm. of the violence I had left while I was pregnant in my first pregnancy. And then. I didn't actually live with them during the second pregnancy. Like yeah. that wasn't even supposed to be a relationship, right? So yeah. um, for the majority of my adult life, I had lived alone. Even before I had met that person and gotten pregnant, even after graduation, I lived alone when I was working away. Yeah. You know, so yeah, transitioning to living with somebody was very difficult for me. And no, babe, I can confidently say living with you makes my life easier. Like you are... Yeah yeah you you go up and beyond like i know for a fact you do way more than a lot of other partners do i know that for a fact so yeah is living with someone else hard for me okay sure but thank god it's you Hmm. couldn't do it otherwise do you remember what your first like shock or or like uh uh-oh moment of me living like what was the first thing that stuck out of like hmm i don't like this or like um i don't know if it was one specific thing it was sort of a collection of things that were all in the category of oh god he is a slob (laughs) like you would leave your socks on the floor you would leave dishes out you would leave cupboards open you would leave food out like i was just like what the fuck i was very confused like yeah you were just overall a slob in my opinion which i wouldn't call you that now at all right so yeah you were i was like oh my god he's just disgusting and like yeah just trying to get you to clean up after yourself or just like do any sort of cleanliness chore because i mean gosh since the day i met you you've been the cook of my house essentially like uh yeah even before you moved in you would come over and cook for me like the entire weekends that you would spend with me i remember i didn't cook a single thing yeah you were always cooking for us because you're a good cook and i am not great at it so obviously that was amazing and i appreciated it a lot especially because i didn't like to cook um but yeah you were just oh, you were such a slob i hated it yeah, it was hard it was really hard for me i know i could tell and okay obviously it was really hard for me because i wasn't used to it and i always lived by myself but also i think it's important to note that i am a very particular person i am very anal when it comes to cleanliness which is a whole nother topic of discussion, I would say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's really hard for me to live in chaos. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I grew up with a mother who essentially had us <laughs> 
growing up in a show home. And so not one thing could be out of place. And so obviously I internalized that. But then also I have suspected mental health challenges <laughs> that uh, would contribute to that as well. So. Yeah. And I think like, I think I actually do have a diff- difficult time living in chaos too. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the habits to manage manage that. Yeah, because now I can see it in you. Like I can see you not wanting to live in chaos. I mean, gosh, yeah. we have three kids, so we do live in chaos inevitably. I was just thinking we this, hate it. I was just thinking this today at work. My like work area got very messy very quickly, and I remember thinking like I hate this. Mm-hmm. But also, I was like, well, why does this happen so quickly? Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, that was I was I did not have clean habits. That was your biggest issue. Mm-hmm. I would say my, it was my only issue, really. Yeah. No, that's true. That like, yeah. I believe it. My first, uh, like, what the heck thing was uh, seeing how, how like, beat up your... Uh, you didn't have any cast iron pans. <laughs> I was very used to cast iron pans and gas stove, and I loved it. And I, I started cooking on an electric stove with this, like, end-of-its-life nonstick pan and a doll knife. That pan was great. And it still would have been no. had I not thrown it away. <laughs> so i was like how am i gonna cook in this yeah and a I'm dull like, knife. i got a dull knife i got a terrible pan and and i had no rubber spat no silicone spatula oh Did you it was it? it was rough doing scrambled eggs with a with a flipper you know what do you call that <laughs> some people call that a spatula for me a spatula is the flexible yeah like a baking type scraper type the, thing. the scraper yeah. that is that is a spatula for me and that is the ideal when you're doing the perfect scrambled eggs, using the hard um, plastic or wooden burger flipper thing. Nothing, nothing, no That's good. the only thing I had ever used for scrambled yeah. eggs. So I don't know what it's to tell you. It's passable, but it's not how you ought to be doing it. Hmm. Anyways, that was your thing? It was my first thing. Okay. I didn't even know if there was a thing after that. I was so just like, this is great. <laughs> and you were like, he's a slob. And I'm like, yeah, it's great because you were the clean one. <laughs> There's like, there's nothing to stand out because I'm like, yeah, no problems. No problems there. I mean, I would say there was probably some friction. So here's the thing is, yeah, I said to you like, okay, please help me parent because I'm drowning and I obviously didn't have help. Um, But also it was really hard for me to watch you parent my daughter, our daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the, the boy was different because he was a baby and I was like, okay, well, you are his dad. He's not going to know any different. Um, but yeah, the oldest one was a bit challenging for me and that I would say was a long lasting conflict as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Having different like instinctive parenting styles too. Yeah. That was a big part of it. Um, me being more like rigid and mm-hmm. um, rule based and you being more carefree and... Mm-hmm. Um, relaxed about things was and also when we were talking about our daughter and how she was resentful towards you for parenting and enforcing rules like the other thing to think about was yeah I had been very relaxed so not only is she now dealing with someone who yeah she didn't know and all of a sudden he's in her life and he's acting like a father and she's like what the hell who's this it was also like oh he's enforcing rules that my mom hadn't prior because I was so carefree and although yeah I mean I still am I'm still the more laid-back parent yeah that's just instinctually who I am and also when you are a single parent with no help or support you can't help but just let a lot of things go because Mm -hmm. how how would I have existed if I was on top of everything yeah you know so uh, the reason why there's supposed to be two parents and you know they say it takes a village is because it really does yeah and when you're alone it's very difficult mm-hmm. and it's easier to just go ah whatever like she was sleeping in my bed i didn't really have a bedtime falling asleep to movies like you know eating on the couch like yeah it, it just didn't matter to me all it mattered to me was that she was kind and used her manners and then all of a sudden you come in and enforce rules that although i did agree with right it just wasn't what our house had been yeah sleeping in her own bed was the first big challenge yeah being at least one that yeah, we both agreed like okay well if i'm staying here now yeah we're not just always gonna sleep with this kid in the bed no and i i wanted her but in she her own hated bed. it oh she was mad she yeah. came out so it's so funny to think about now that like she doesn't come out of her room ever no 
and, and hasn't for like years yeah years like you know it's only i know i know a couple but you know for quite a while but that first you know half a year or whatever mm-hmm. was was just rough yeah she, and and all, again used to no no bedtimes like yeah. strict or consistent bedtime so it was like well now not only do i have to sleep in my own bed by myself Mm -hmm. which is the worst thing she could imagine Mm -hmm. is also now i have to do it when you tell me to Mm -hmm. and before i want to Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. she was like just not having it no she was that was very hard to be honest and i felt bad for her because yeah i did have moments of like well (sighs) she didn't choose this like this is too hard you know and then obviously you know she has separate challenges that again is another episode's worth that you know whatever we'll talk about another time but yeah like my mama heart hurt you know yeah it did and gosh yeah i mean present day i guess it's fine but it it was a long time where i felt (sighs) resentment's too strong of a word but i felt a level of annoyance with you for being harsher on her than i wanted you to be yeah. even though i knew it was what was best right so yeah that's that's honestly <laughs> step parenting i mean whatever you're their father you're not a step parent but um initial step parenting and then like the transition of these weren't your kids and now they are your kids is honestly a whole nother episode on its own as well yeah but uh, yeah, no. So then we, gosh, pretty much had the wedding planned and got engaged. And I don't know. It, when I say that that was a five month span, I, that I feel insane. But looking <laughs> back, it felt totally normal. Yeah, I know. That happened a lot when I would like talk to people about it. And then you, as soon as you say it, you're like, wait, was it really that quick? Yeah. And then you go, hmm, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. You're like, glad it worked out. <laughs> no doubt. Because yeah, people are always like, hmm. Oh, I'm sure a lot of people thought we were insane and yeah. thought like, oh, that's there's no way that's going to work. Yeah. So yeah, then we had to finish planning the wedding, obviously. I got... COVID wedding. Yeah, COVID wedding, yeah. Or partial. No, COVID well, wedding. Well, because I think, weren't there harsher restrictions and then they eased up a bit to include a certain number of people? Yes, you're right. And then we had, and then it went strict again. I think like we were in this kind of pocket of... Yeah, you're right. You can do a wedding again, but it's got to be this many people and such and such. So, I wish. Yeah, I don't know specific months of the restrictions, obviously. But, no, you're right because I have a friend who also got married the same year that we did. But it was in May, I want to say. I'm pretty sure she said it was in May. And they were only allowed to have her her husband and their safe six at their mm. wedding. I think the restrictions eased literally if it wasn't the week before, it was the month before our wedding. Cause yeah, we, we had talked about eloping Yeah, and we were like pretty close to being all right with that. But there was still that sense of like, ah, but gosh, you know, you get married once. It would really be nice to be able to have these people. And so when, yeah, then, then the, restrictions have loosened and and it was a 50 people yeah 50 50, people 50 person limit and so we were like okay we can make that work let's do that and we found really good ways of going about it like we were happy with um like where we like our venue and and Mm -hmm. how we were able to like manage cost we were like okay this is fine yeah eloping would be good but this is better yeah yeah no it actually yeah it worked out really well we um we can confidently say, oh gosh, we've talked about this a lot, but we yeah. can confidently say that it was the best. I think a lot of people have regrets about their wedding, uh, whether it be something didn't go according to plan or like, oh gosh, I made a big deal out of that and it was just one day. Not being present enough. Or, yeah, yeah, we don't have any of that. Like, no. I mean, I have, okay, as a bride, I have a couple of minor regrets. Um, <laughs> I have some bridal uh, party you know, thoughts that I still think about. And uh, in the grand scheme of things, minor. Um, But yeah, in the, yeah, big picture, it was definitely, yeah, it was the best day. It was was the best day. And we have no regrets. We, financially, it was awesome. And um, yeah, I would say for me, I have actually more negative feelings associated towards 
the time around our wedding and how sick I was. Yeah. Because, yeah, I had um, gotten really sick at the end of July and I was hospitalized for my inflammatory bowel disease, which, again, another episode. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that kind of took away from the excitement of the wedding. And then I was unable to plan sort of the final details. I had to get my two best friends to sort of take over. And then uh, on the wedding day, I was on like heavy duty steroids. And so my appearance was a bit different than I was used to. And I couldn't drink alcohol or anything. Like I couldn't, couldn't even have a glass of wine. Couldn't even have a glass of champagne the morning of. Like, you know, little things like that. Um, but I would still say it was minor. Like it was still perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was beautiful. And uh, it's crazy to think that it has, it's only been a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to look back. I think the perspective changes like every time I, well, not changes, but like it's always slightly different every time I recall the wedding. You know, sometimes you think you were like, wow, that feels like so long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes you're like, oh, man, it was, yeah, it just happened. And it was so, it's just, just such a significant day that's locked in this brief blip, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh you don't get to do it again because you the, its purpose is done. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could do it all over again. It yeah. Will, like, the ceremony w- was beautiful. I loved, like, the words that we said to each other. And Yeah. Um, it was just, like, logistically what I wanted. It was, like, very to-the-point ceremony. It wasn't this whole, like, I don't like long, drawn-out anything, really. No. I was no. like, this is it was punchy it was like here is our wedding we love each other and mm-hmm. here's how much we're, we're gonna you know we're gonna tell each other how much and we're gonna tell you how much the congregation or the is that what you call a wedding i have no idea it's one of the ceremony I, babe i have no idea mm, anyways <laughs> all the other people there um we told them how much we loved each other and that was beautiful oh there was not a dry eye in the house (laughs) when cody told his vows because obviously it's talking about you know joining my family and how you're going to be a father to these children like oh that was such a sweet spot for everybody there because yeah because our wedding was so small there was everyone that was there was so important to us and knew just how challenging my story had been prior and how special you were and yeah how special it was that you know you chose us and you chose our family and you were like I am now taking care of you and these are my children and I'm gonna do that for the rest of my life like oh everyone was just bawling at your vows they it were was, incredible yeah I, when I said the kids names when I brought them up in my vows I remember hearing a couple like uh, whimpers yeah and glovers and yeah. I, it got it was like it feels kind of unfair like how much attention was on me and that aspect of it because you know when you have a wedding and you marry someone it's about you two right and then when you get married when there's kids involved already it's like then it's so much about them and it really elevates things and then when you have like people being new to the idea of me like coming into this family so quickly and taking on these kids it was like i just felt like i was getting all this praise for just doing like just just living my life right and and like you know it wasn't just about us and the wedding or about you it was just kind of like oh and cody did this and he's amazing and i'm like oh stop like this you know (laughs) like you know obviously it's nice to hear that like how what it meant to other people to see mm-hmm. you know me uh, become a father and 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 having these kids uh have a dad around and and all that like yeah it was it was touching to mm-hmm. hear how how much that meant that really added a whole level having the kids around and having yeah. them be there for the wedding you know i remember holding that was cool holding our youngest um youngest at the time just yeah. to sleep on me while i'm sitting at the head table he's just exhausted and mm-hmm. um yeah, it was really cool having them there for that. Like that's a that's its own little unique, cute experience to have yeah. to get to have your kids at your wedding. You know, not everybody gets to have their kids at their wedding because you know most people do that afterwards. Traditionally, Traditionally it's the wedding first. Afterwards, yeah, but yeah. like it was it was very cute to have them have them there. 
I want you to know that, so you talk about like, okay, yeah, there was a lot of emphasis on the fact that you sort of took on this family, but I want you to know like that, that was for me specifically as a mother during that time, like those kids were my life. Yeah. So to have the emphasis on that for me was actually more special. Right. And you deserved every ounce of that praise because I mean, and this is another thing that I love about you so much was that, yeah, to you, this was no big deal. You were just a man who was out there in the world, interested in finding his person. You found your person. This person happened to have children who you loved and you were willing to be their father because why wouldn't you be? And you did it. And to you, that's not a big deal. But to a lot of people, it is. There are not many people in the world who would do that the way that you did, babe. I know I've told you that a lot, but I, I will always tell you that because, yeah, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't no big deal. And do I think that that's the way it should be? I think that people should have the outlook on it that you have. That was the other thing I was going to say was, yeah, 50 people was great and it was intimate. And, you know, you hear 50 people and you think like, oh, that's tons. But actually, when it comes down to it, there was probably about 10 more people that would have liked to be there. Yeah, at least. At least. Yeah, the very least. Like off the top of my head, I can think of 10, um, you know, maybe more like 20, really. But uh, yeah, gosh, even maybe 100 people. Like I would love to do a vow renewal where it's just a big party where COVID isn't even a thought. Yeah. And I can actually drink wine and dance all night because although we could do our first dance and father-daughter and mother-son, we weren't allowed to have a regular reception with a dance afterwards. Yeah, they had to keep the music quiet and they shut it down like kind of. Well, no, I mean, yeah, there was noise regulations. Because that was more the venue. Yeah, no, there was noise regulations regardless of COVID just because of the venue. But no, like we weren't allowed to have a dance because of COVID regulations. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to do a vow renewal and invite 100 people and just sweet. party. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so no, it was amazing. And then, yeah, and then obviously we got on with the rest of our lives and there was uh life challenges and um you know as obviously as incredible as our relationship is and our foundation is strong and our communication is amazing like i i don't want to be unrealistic i don't want people to think that it's just this fairy tale like we have been through a lot yeah. even if it wasn't directly related to like marital issues our family has been through a lot yeah. and there's there were marital issues like yeah. inevitably speaking we are two different humans who had to learn about each other and learn how to live with each other and while adapting to all the other things that life all the pressures of, of everything else going on in your life. yeah 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 i mean moving several times and moving several times flooding just yeah just jobs everything and relationships yeah it's just like the more yeah, the more pressure life puts on you, the more pressure it, it inevitably puts on a relationship because mm -hmm. a relationship requires you to put in effort. And if you're being, you know, run down by anything else, like, a, yeah, it's just harder to harder to put everything towards yeah. every aspect of your life. And mental health challenges. And then obviously we ended up conceiving our third child. And yeah, I mean, pregnancy is neither one of our favorite things. So... <laughs> It's, it's it's not all fairies and rainbows. I hope you're okay with me saying that obviously we've done couples counseling yeah, and gosh, we've learned so much about each other and the level of compromise, like what I love about Cody so much is that he loves me so much that he's willing to put in compromise. Like he's not, I mean, he can be stubborn, absolutely. And sometimes I have to say to him like, Hey, I'm your wife. I remember I'm your teammate. You don't have to be stubborn with me. Yeah, do you care about this or are you just being stubborn? Exactly. But at the end of the day, like you are very good at listening and you are also very good at remembering that we are teammates and that it's not we're not against each other. Yeah. It's it's not me against you when we have a conflict. It's us against the problem. I think we have great communication even though there may be a lot of times where we don't understand each other. Yeah. Yeah, we're very different people, but we're both 100% willing to put in work mm -hmm. anywhere, anytime it's needed. And we're also, yeah, we're so comfortable with each other that we're like as honest as it can be. Like, sure, there will be a time, like, you know, there'll be a moment where you'll be like, 
hey, what like what's going on? And I'm like, nothing. Not long after, mm-hmm. I'll be like, okay, it's this thing, and mm-hmm. and we feel comfortable enough to to be honest about each uh, about our feelings, and then if conflicts come conflict comes out of that, we are not shy about showing up for each other mm-hmm. and resolving those issues. You definitely don't like to sweep things under the rug, and like <laughs> I I don't either but i'm more able to like sit on something before solving it right as i i'd say i don't say i sweep things under the rug but i'm like i'm able to sit on something and not let it bother me for longer (laughs) and you also need more time to process than i do true but i'm just overall a more confrontational person so yeah we listen to each other you know obviously we can both be stubborn and defensive like we definitely both are yeah um and I emphasize that because, you know, obviously we're having conflict. I say to you, don't be stubborn. Don't be defensive. But like, I'm very aware that I am also stubborn and defensive and I don't want to be hypocritical. Uh, and also we listen to each other. Mm-hmm. Like we really hear each other out and give each other the space to say what's really bothering us and then to really critically think about it and go like, okay, this is the person that I love. Like, I don't want them to hurt. Why are they hurting? Okay, I'm listening to them. Okay, it's this, this, and this. Okay, well, what can I do to resolve this? Because, yeah, I love and care about this person. Yeah. And we both put in that work. Yeah. And we will, we will go through the apocalypse together. Mm-hmm. We won't let anything slow us down. That's right. I think we'll wrap it up because the whole point of this one was just the start story. We'll do more episodes. We'll do, like, yeah, I'd love to do one where we... uh analyze each other and maybe we get more into the challenges that we've gone through as a couple Mm. Uh, and then we'll have to do a parenting one and then maybe we can do like um yeah more present day what our life is like now but yeah thanks for having me thanks for doing this babe and you know and thank you so much for being so supportive of this dream of mine of course i wouldn't want to do life with anybody else Mm. i love you love you thanks for listening while we learn to bloom Thank you.